Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. the Commercial Property Investors Podcast, where I aim to give you the knowledge and confidence to move from residential into commercial property investment, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. Today, I'm going to chat through the top 12 steps to maximise the appeal of your commercial let or CMO property. In other words, how do you attract customers and make them want to become your customers? This is more design-orientated rather than the sales process, which should have more parts for us to discuss. Although any of you in sales will know that marketing is embedded into everything we do. The processes, right through to physical design and process design itself. Thank you to listener Richard Parker for asking me to cover this one. And I hope I managed to cover off what you want to know for your new CMO project, Richard. And the best of luck with it. So let's get down to it. Understanding design is a really important element of adding value and maximising your return. It can also be a lot of fun trying to work out what is going to be working best for your investment. There's been many, many times I've spent a lot of effort and thought into how to recreate older space that's been designed for a specific use and isn't really working now. And a lot of the time they have lots of circulation space. And it's trying to work out how do you reduce that amount and maximise returns whilst also enhancing the appeal. It can be quite tricky because there are always competing ideas. But at the end of the day, it's a fun process. And for those of you who think you're less creative, which I don't think you are, don't worry. Principles I'm going to talk about are the same. You don't need to don your frilly designer clothes in loud colours quite yet. Whatever you're comfy in is just fine. It's your property. You might feel you want to involve a designer, of course, and some kind Um, of perhaps space designer or an architect or an interior designer. Or you might even want to do it all yourself because it is good fun. But either way, it's important to understand some of these key considerations right back at the deal appraisal stage. So you kind of need to know the principles so that when you're looking at these deals, you can evaluate them pretty quickly. You need to know roughly where you can add value. So you do need to be able to think through the building layout and design challenges because this is where you can find opportunity. A challenge is an opportunity in disguise, right? In the future, I will cover other elements of design, including how to maximise your square footage with creative and clever design to make sure you're maximising your bang for your buck, but also making it so that the customer experience is still good. And also be covering design considerations for things like co-working and shared spaces, plus even how to make the overall space layout work best so you can retain customers once you've managed to coax them in. I've even planned an episode to discuss technology and how to design it into your developments before it becomes too late, because going back and adding some of this equipment and some of these applications and various things you can put into your buildings 
when it's too late can be quite problematic. You want to get the cabling, if there is cabling, in first. So who knew design had so many influencing factors on your investments? But it does, particularly in the modern world of work. So, welcome to adding value to commercial property. That's what it's about. Now, I know there are two different product offerings we discuss on this podcast. One, of course, is the intensively, actively managed products like CMO properties or commercial multiple occupancy. The other is more the passive, hands-off investments. Either way, I'm talking about getting new customers by creating the right appeal. This is not where you already have a customer in or a lease situation where you perhaps don't need to really increase the appeal unless, of course, the lease is coming to an end and now you're needing to get ready for attracting a new customer. But anyway, let's start with the single lets. Those that want to find properties that are going to give you a continual income over a long period of time. But again, thinking about when you get it when it's vacant, what do you need to do to attract, make it appealing to those customers? And many would say you don't need to do anything for single lets. The client pays for it all, and that may be true for certain high-demand locations. For instance, an international coffee chain might want to take a unit, and it will completely revamp it to suit its own cookie-cutter format. But the market is not as narrow as that. And sometimes you may have to work to get your customer. I've had conversations with disappointed investors who just can't seem to shift their units. They may have had a few viewings and some interest, but then it goes quiet again. Maybe that's you. The agent says, oh, it's all right. Don't spend any money on it because you'll find a client who's going to spend all the money they need to to build it up to what they need as a spec. But then when you find that potential customer that you spoke to, and really ask why, sometimes they've turned away because they don't have the vision to see what the unit can actually look like for them. That's turned them off, your space, and on to somebody else's. If they had at least created the white shell that you need, the cleanliness, that might have made the difference to these um, landlords. Because although... Some people may be telling you, oh, you can get, you know, some gurus out there. And we spoke about context in the last episode. Some gurus in the industry might be telling you, this is an absolute. Customers pay for the space. They fill it out. They're the ones that foot the bill. You just sit back and earn your passive income from here till eternity. In reality, it's not always like that. Just because it works in their niche, it doesn't mean it'll work for you and I as private investors just getting started with all this stuff. So let's just quickly talk about the white shell. So if you've got a single unit that you'd like to let out, you've bought it as perhaps a a shop or a small industrial unit or an office, and you're just looking for the first one or two customers for these types of products. So some things, some simple things. Put some paint on the walls where appropriate. Plasterboard perhaps where it's required, where something's looking a bit rough. Here's one, do up the staff toilets. It's a big one, as often the new customer does not want to spend money on that. But his staff, who often the ones that influence whether they're actually going to take your unit or not, like to see what these things look like. And if the toilets are poor, they may be turned off and influence the actual person who's going to sign the lease. Tidy up the entrance, get rid of the cobwebs. I mean, we all know this from doing residential property. But sometimes people forget it with commercial. 
clear all the rubbish and the weeds from the front of the property and from the loading bay around the rear or whatever other access they have. Freshly decorated corridors and service areas will make a big difference and not necessarily cost you loads. I'm not talking about going and spending thousands and thousands of pounds or dollars on this. It's just creating an environment that's clean and fresh. When a customer comes in, they can see themselves in there. And going to this effort could cost money, I appreciate that. But think about this, it could decrease your void by, say, two to three months. Ask yourself, how much would that actually equate to? could be a few thousand pounds. Plus, the customer's less likely to try and negotiate on a rent-free period. So you could save several thousand by actually doing this work up front, making it tidy and more presentable, but actually, because the customer moves in earlier and doesn't ask for that rent-free, it may well pay for all the work you've done and some. So do consider it. Even though these Gurus are telling you, just leave it, somebody's going to move in and pay for it all. That's not always the case. So, moving on to the 12 tips to improve the overall appeal. Think through the process of customer acquisition here. As we go through the 12 tips to maximise the appeal of your offering, some of them are going to be orientated towards CMO or commercial multiple occupancy, but you can also consider them for more managed forms of multi-let or single-lets. So let's rattle through them. Number one, thinking about the customer journey, online presence. On social media, letting people follow what you do, you're going to start attracting people before they've even come to the property, to what you're standing for and what you're trying to offer. And of course, a slick website that can be simple, preferably simple really, and has as little friction as possible is going to not only give that customer an opportunity to get in touch with you or find out about you, but it's also going to show them that you care about the property, they can learn more about the property, and it gives that more modern feel, even when they've not been there. And then, of course, the second one is the physical outside appearance, which you just covered a little bit about the white box. It's things like landscaping, vegetation. I mean, here's a simple question. Can you actually see the property? We recently bought a property. You can already see it from the road. That's one of the big problems. But it's an easy fix, isn't it? Chainsaw? <laughs> a landscaper? It doesn't take much to change that appearance. And of course the entrance itself. Is it easy to find? Is it easy to work out what it is or where it is? Perhaps just a bit of signage. And then when that person comes into your building, the third thing is the reception area or the entrance area internally. Is the building big enough to have a staff member? And if you have a staff member there, can they actually smile? Are they able to engage? Are they able to look into other people's eyes? All of this does depend, of course, on the building, the offer you think you need. So, for instance, smaller buildings might not be able to support everything that you might want to put into the building. But that reception area or the front space where customers are coming in and they may loiter for a bit to talk to people, they may have visitors who are going to be looking in that space. So if you can make it presentable and ideally have a staff member there who is making it feel very welcome, then that's going to immediately impact on the customer's appreciation of what your product's going to be like. So the fourth thing is freshly decorated corridors and entranceways. So you, you don't have to have everything perfect here, by the way. We're just talking about a lick of paint, perhaps doing the ceiling tiles and the carpet. And 
I have let spaces that have had no walls and ceilings before. Admittedly, it's a bit harder. So, you know, you don't have to have everything perfect. And don't let a good viewing slip you by just because you aren't ready for it. But freshly decorated corridors and entrances, entrance areas is definitely going to help. The fifth thing is sight of technology. So customers these days, and everybody really likes tech, don't they? They like to have, or at least the feeling of tech. So it could be when they come in, there's sight of the alarm system or perhaps the fire alarm system. It could be that you've got Wi-Fi throughout or access. Let me ask you a question. Have you heard of SAS pensions? They're a fantastic tool for business owners to wrap a commercial property up in a tax-free bubble. SAS can work particularly well with the CMO strategy to generate money both inside and outside of your pension. It goes without saying, I'm not a SAS expert, but let me introduce you to someone that is. Bryn Walker has been advising on SAS pensions for many years and has been a long-term supporter of the CPI network. SAS and commercial property work incredibly well together, but there are many nuances, and Bryn will make sure you don't stray from the right path. Look in the show notes for the partner link and book up a SAS discovery call with Bryn. Control. It might be that you talk about your access control that you've put in that you can access or the customer can access with their membership card or with their iPhone. Even things like socket covers and light cables. How ancient do they look? Can you just change the faceplate? Is that going to make a difference and make people feel they're in a more modern building? The sixth thing is provide the best internet you can afford on that site, i.e. something that's going to be commercially viable for that site, but something that's going to offer those customers a great product. So, and talk about it, of course. And internet is becoming more commodity and it's more of an expectation now. So think about when, you, when you're booking a hotel these days and you're going through an app to do that. One of the things I always look for is make sure there's Wi-Fi and hopefully it's included. So, Office customers are becoming the same for these types of things. And also for customers that are looking for studios and for workspaces where they maybe want some more communal services because it's becoming more of the norm. It's more of the expectation. So if you can get as good a quality of internet as possible and then talk about it. So the seventh thing is informal area. Create an informal area where you can sit and chat to that customer. So if you're going through the viewing process, or your staff are going through that viewing process, it's nice to have an informal area where you can actually sit down and get to know that customer. Because then, of course, you can build a bit of a relationship, work out where their pain points are, and help find a solution for them. It makes the customer feel at home, welcome, and at ease. It'll also remove that kind of uncomfortableness you get when you've got that desk, that reception desk, and we're trying to take those out of our buildings so that we have more of an informal reception. Albeit, it does depend on the customer type. We have a specific building, for instance, where there's a lot of customers that have appointments with customers, their own customers, that is. So they kind of need a bit more of a reception. And it might be that you have a customer base that's more professionals, like lawyers or attorneys or accountants or such, who will have regular visitors. And that really needs perhaps a little bit more of a barrier between our or your reception staff and the actual customer waiting area or that informal sitting area. But going back to the actual appeal 
of the property. If you have somebody coming in either A as a customer for you or a customer for them or they're thinking about a customer for them, having that nice informal area where people can sit and chat does add value. A lot of the time it's not available in other competitive uh, locations. And moving on a little bit from that is, is the eighth one is create communal spaces for customers to encourage that social interaction between the different people that are in your building so they can have relaxing moments away from the office. And let your potential customers picture themselves using these spaces. Again, a lot of your local competition may not provide that type of space. And although you can't generate income directly off that square footage, it will add value to all the other space around it. Number nine on the list here is meeting rooms. It's kind of double-edged sword meeting rooms. Some will really want them and some will use them. But a lot of customers think they want them and they never use them. However, I have found that having meeting rooms on site, if you can have them, does add to or help with the decision-making process for customers, even if they're not going to use them. Because they think they will do, but they never actually do. But having those meeting rooms there is something that ordinarily, if they're looking at a leased space, they may think to themselves, well, I need somewhere where we can work as a team. I need my kitchen, my tea point, and I need a meeting room so I can get away from staff and discuss more private things. And that's fine. But in an offering where you've got multi-let or communal areas, you can perhaps take that out of their leased space and make it more of a shared thing, a bit more about that membership so that they can use that space on an hourly basis rather than paying for it all the time. The 10th thing is variety. So to increase the appeal, try not have all units exactly the same size and try not have those long institutional type corridors with no natural light. So it's, it's trying to build up space or creating different types of space that will also allow you to show the, 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 um, the building without feeling like they're in some big long institution or some warehouse if that's what you've converted or even just an old office building that had a nice open floor plate and you've just shoved a corridor straight up the middle. You need to try and think of ways to break that up. Interestingly, I went to view a, a property a few years ago now where the owner had converted a warehouse and put two stories in and some windows around the perimeter but he was absolutely fixated around local property taxes and trying to mitigate those tax liabilities. So what he did was he made many, many, many rooms the same size, which was all just under the property tax threshold, and they all came off dark corridors. So when you walked around this building, you felt like you were in this giant square, um, endless corridor with no natural light. You definitely knew you were inside a warehouse. Whereas if you'd gone for a bit more variety for size of space and a lot more light through windows or through glass, which would have allowed it into that corridor, it would have just lifted the space and made it feel less oppressive. So it's fine to steal light from surrounding areas by using glass. And it could be that it's in the door that goes into the units or it might be by separate screens. And by all means, frost the glass if people want more privacy, but leave a little gap around the edge, just so you don't lose all the life and movement that can be seen in the offices or in the corridor. So the 11th thing to consider is bike racks and showers. 
for those of you that might have active clients or people in areas where they have the opportunity to cycle to work or they want to exercise during the day when they're in the office or in their industrial or their workspace, providing bike racks and showers is becoming more and more of a request from potential customers. Again, it depends on what type of site you've got, but it is something to consider. And then the twelfth one, which is a bit of a chicken and egg, is get some customers. But remember the first phase of CMO development, get some bums on seats. You see, the social proof and the sense of community can really add value to your offering. So I know it sounds a bit odd, but the, if you can get some customers in through whatever method, and it may be through discount, then that will really improve the appeal of your building because it gives that social proof and it gives people the feeling that they're not the guinea pig and that actually somebody else thinks this is a good idea. And that's why I say it's kind of the first phase is to get those bums on seats, get some occupancy because it will drive more occupancy and get some momentum going in the building. So there's the 12. And with all this, you need to work out where the law of diminishing returns is going to kick in. So, for example, with a small multi-let building with a potential income of, I don't know, 40,000 a year, it's not really sensible to employ someone full-time to operate it as they'll take up at least half the turnover. So you need to know your optimum product offering for each particular building and not overdo it. Another example would be, for instance, relaying a whole car park, which might cost you a hundred grand. But if the building is only producing 40 grand, is that are you really going to be able to increase the income enough by increasing the quality of the car park? Or another one might be internet. We spoke about internet earlier on fibre lines. We've just recently put in a gigabit line into one of our centres. It's a thousand megabits per second. Unbelievable speed. But it's not something we could put in every centre because some of our centres are just too small. They don't need it. So you don't need to gold plate everything, but just go through that wee list and try and work out what's going to work optimally on your building. There are, of course, so many other factors that will affect the appeal of your location, but this should help as a starter. As I mentioned before, I will go through other design considerations in future episodes, things like toilets and service cores, windows, ventilation, lighting, all these sorts of things that are important. But let's just summarise what we've um, covered today. So going back to the first one there, online presence. When we're going through that customer journey, let's give them something to see online, some social proof online and some information that is slick and as frictionless as possible, particularly if you can actually allow them to book certain things online. Second thing is the physical appearance outside. Get the landscape and the vegetation sorted out. Make sure the entrance is visible and easy to find out. The reception area or the entrance is the third thing. Perhaps if you can afford to put a staff member in there, do so. Or at least whoever's doing the viewing has a smile and knows how to smile and can engage. And make sure that entrance area is clean and tidy. And that moves us on to the fourth thing, which is just decorate those corridors and communal areas so that the customers see what the spaces can look like because you don't have to do them all up. This is while you're trying to develop the building. So you might have developed two or three units which you show the customer to show them what it can look like. The fifth one was sight of technology. Let them know that you're investing in some more modern tech and that they can perhaps get access control from their phone or their membership card if that's the route you're going to go down. 
the, the sockets and the lighting is nice and tidy, that the ancient stuff has been removed. And the sixth thing is provide the best internet you can afford and talk about it on site. Make sure they understand that you know those pain points, you've had them yourself, and you've put in some good technology there to allow them to get good internet access. The next one was an informal area where you can actually sit down and engage with that customer and allow them to relax so you can get to know what it is they like. And it might be that you can't do a common sitting area. It might be there's a tea point somewhere, but you can at least get a bit of a relax, have a coffee or something and chat to that customer about what it is that they're after. The eighth one is create communal spaces, as many as you can, so that people can get social interaction with other people that are using the property and let them pitch themselves using those spaces. Perhaps maybe sit in one of those with a coffee while you go through what it is that they require. The ninth one was the meeting rooms one. At the end of the day, I think you need them. Sometimes you'll get lots of revenue from them, other times you won't. But I can assure you, having them will allow you to get more revenue from your offices. The tenth one was variety. Make sure you're not doing the same unit size throughout the whole building and you've got institutional corridors. Mix it up. Make it look like there's opportunity for them to grow into bigger spaces. They don't have to stay in the same size of unit they commit to first off, that they can move up or down. And make sure there aren't all those long corridors that make you feel like you're in some kind of institution that you really shouldn't be in. The eleventh thing is consider bike racks and showers for active clients. And there may be other things along those lines that you could put into your property, depending on the size. And then the last one, chicken and egg, get some customers. Get some customers in the property to provide social proof and a sense of community so that new viewings or new potential customers can see what it's like in that building and that they're not the guinea pig. So that was it for this week. And of course, with the appeal of the building and trying to entice customers in, We've hopefully covered most of that today, but I hope in future episodes to cover other elements of design, including some of the more basics and the mechanics and things that you need to make the building function properly. Thanks for tuning in. The episode was prompted, as I say, from a listener asking about this topic to be covered. So if you have any specific, then write in. Use the usual locations uh, that are in the show notes, the Facebook page, and on there you'll be able to request to get into the Facebook group if you wish for more behind the scenes information. The Facebook page and group is called Commercial Property Investor. You'll also catch me on Instagram, which is jerryalexander.commercial. So that's it for this week. Thanks very much for tuning in. Appreciate your feedback and your reviews. If you have a chance, please just pop back onto your platform there and leave a review. We really appreciate it and look forward to speaking to you next time.